This is Camp Code, another innovative podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. Camp Code is dedicated to helping you create and facilitate the most effective leadership training so we as an industry can raise the bar for professionalism and preparedness of our staff. You can find our show notes and our blog for camp leaders and directors at camphacker.tv. Welcome to Camp Code, a podcast brought to you by Camp Hacker. This podcast is dedicated to what many camp professionals believe to be the most important time at camp, no matter what you call it, staff training, orientation, or leadership training. This critical time period prepares your staff to fulfill all the promises that you make to parents and customers throughout the rest of the year. My name is Ruby Compton. I'm the Summer Camp Program Director at Green River Preserve uh, in Western North Carolina, and I'm so excited to have our other Camp Code hosts introduce themselves, uh, and we're excited to share this topic with you today. So, Gab, why don't you uh, introduce yourself? Yeah, well, my name is Gabrielle Rail, and I'm one of the camp directors at Camp Waro. Uh, camp Waro is an all-girls camp with a linguistic program, and we're situated in the Laurentian Mountains. And I'm actually, usually I call from Montreal, but I'm up, actually up at camp today in our, in our hard-working office. And I'm Beth Happy. Allison. I am a camping consultant who was once an executive director and camp director for 15 years with my husband, Travis Allison, in central Ontario in Muskoka, Canada. And I am currently a camp consultant who really focuses on leadership training. It is my passion. Cool. Thanks. And today's topic is about building your summer leadership team. Uh, talking about, uh, we're, we're actually planning on kind of splitting up this idea of your summer leadership team into several different podcasts. So today we're really going to focus on identifying those leaders and, and about that first step of getting that, them into that position. Uh, and Beth, do you want to explain a little bit about why we chose this topic? Absolutely. The importance of a strong team of senior staff members who can be there to help you accomplish your goals cannot be stressed enough. Every director needs that group of people who can be there when you can't be, who can be the eyes and ears of the director, who can see and hear what the needs of the staff and the campers are. And every director needs that dedicated team of people who fully understands the camp's philosophy and mission and not only knows what it takes to fulfill it, but is passionate about doing the work to ensure that you do. And I think one of the other reasons we chose it is because it's our responsibility as camp directors to develop young leaders, not just for the sake of camp, but for the sake of them as well. So that's why we chose it. Great. Thanks, Beth. So we're going to dive right in and start off with the question of where do you look for your summer leadership team members? Uh, what are those places that you've found to be the best harvesting grounds for those folks? So let's start with you, Gab. Um, definitely in-house. Um, that's, I, I would, I, you know, not to sound too, too uh, planning ahead, but our CITs basically. <laughs> looking at those guys and saying, Harry, in four or five years, where are they going to be? Um, basically, and I think that that's what helps our entire program is that we know that um, a success, you know, our most successful leadership team members are from, are from, you know, our camp and what does their camper experience look like? What does their CIT experience look like? What does their first year as a staff member um, look like? I think that sort of everything that's done is that 
it's it's always a training ground for when and if they're going to become um, a leadership team member. And it's it's also mo- a lot of the times you'll you'll find that um, some of those kids that are a little bit shyer when they're fourteen or fifteen make excellent leadership team members. So you're really wanting that quality to be high so that they can they can shine they can fill those those uh those spaces when they get older so you you know but it's very very much in house we've of course had to have hired outside of camp before um but that's a that's very difficult for a lot of people and we we try to get in some support staff to to help that person out and also bridge that that trust gap between staff and leadership team member but mostly in house for us cool how about you Beth i'm afraid my answer is not much different um, from Gabs. Um, when I thought back on this question, I realized that the majority of our, our leadership members were homegrown. Um, some of them, Gabs said she went back to her CITs, and for me, some of them were campers, um, you know, senior campers, LITs, even younger campers, counselors, program staff. So as a director, I was always on the lookout for people who had that something special that would make a great staff member um, or a great leader somewhere else, uh, not necessarily at camp. And those very special few who would make that outstanding member of a leadership team. Um, and I would literally search them out every summer and cultivate them. And so I think the important nugget here is that, um, I think what Gab is saying as well, is that we took the time and the effort to cultivate them over the years. That it wasn't just sort of... Um, uh, you know, something that came about, oh, she'll be good when she gets there, but that we took the time every summer to cultivate and get them ready. Um, I would let them know that they would make an excellent staff member one day, even if that was five, six, seven, ten years from now. Um, every summer we would have conversations about what roles they wanted to play in camp's future and why. Um, I would also write letters or send cards or often meet up with staff during the year, the school year, um, if we were near a university or college for camp business or uh, on vacation sometimes, um, we would get together with staff um, who were there as students and take them up for dinner or coffee or um, talk about their future roles in camp. Um, and I would really be specific about letting them know what I saw in them that made me see them as future leadership team members. Um, and we discuss what they would need to work on in order to get there. So whether um, it was soft skills that they needed to work on or quals that they needed to get or that kind of thing um, to sort of help them out with their journey. Um, and as Gab said, because the leadership team is such an important part of camp, um, I always needed people who understood every aspect of camp. So that's what she was saying about, you know, uh, giving them support. Uh, if you brought in someone new, because it was really helpful to have somebody who understood every aspect of camp, who'd worked in many areas of camp, was intimately familiar with how things were run, um, and who I had a chance to see perform on a daily basis for years was really helpful. And it helped to build up that level of trust that Gab just talked about um, that's needed. So these were the people that I knew I could leave in charge for a few days if I absolutely had to. Um, you know, for a death in the family or something where Travis and I would have to leave site for a few days and I would know that camp was being run exactly as it should be. So um, I put a lot into cultivating those people. Um, all that being said, there were summers when we did hire people who were brand new to Glenmore or to Cairn, but they, um, they came from recommendations of current or past leadership members or fellow directors. Um, whose opinions I really trusted. So I used my networks to find those people so that they came with a recommendation and it wasn't just, um, you know, an application in the mail. 
So there's my answer. Sorry, it's not something new. <laughs> cool. And, and I think uh, something that's similar about both of y'all's answers is that time piece of looking back um, or, or looking forward uh, and, and realizing that it is something that takes time and that you have to be forward thinking uh, that it's three, four years down the road before this leader is necessarily going to be there. But what can I do now to plant those seeds? Um, I, in that time piece as well, I would encourage you that if you are looking at maybe your current leaders and going, eh, I don't know if anybody's ready for this to look back a year or two and maybe look at some of those folks who aren't, weren't at camp this past summer, uh, and see if there's somebody who you can reach out to and say, Hey, what are you doing this summer? Are you interested in this other position at camp? Because they may not even have even thought about that. And I think sometimes, People get in the mindset that the only people that I can hire on that that higher that, that very upper tier of administrative staff are people that want to be camp directors, and that is not true at all. Um, my my right hand this summer was getting ready to go to grad school in Colorado, and like so that's he is doing environmental writing, like it's something totally different. Will he return to camp one day? Yes, absolutely. Um, but he was phenomenal uh, because of the skills that he brought to the table. Um, so just, just know that you don't have to have such a narrow focus as far as like, I'm looking for people that want to be camp directors. They can be phenomenal leaders, um, that, that are going in very different paths. Uh, and that one year or two years at camp may be incredible for their development. Um, you know, I, I have worked on a couple different teams where we have brought in new folks into that leadership team. Um, and I've seen it go really well and I've seen it go not so well. Um, <laughs> so I think, um, you know, looking at, again, those recommendations of staff who understand what that job takes, I think that's really critical. Um, I, I hired a, a, an intern my first summer at, as a director at Green River and, you know, she had never worked at camp. Um, and she was one who I kind of had to fight to hire her because other people were like, I just don't know if she has it. And I was like, no, 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 she does. She definitely does. <laughs> and, and I think that trust your gut, you know, if you meet that person and just think, yeah, they're, they're going to do this. Um, if, if you commit to it and you feel really good about it and you give them the training and the management that they need, they're going to be able to grow into that leader. Um, so, you know, I think, um, that, that, Take, take those chances sometimes. Um, and, and when you're feeling, trust your gut. That's what I would say. I think that's a lesson I've really learned over the last couple of years. Like when, when you're feeling this, this could be really great, or I, I see something here, go for it. Um, because it, it can really work out well for you. Before we move on, Ruby, if I can just add, cause you made me think of something, um, is that you talked about staff who had gone on and hadn't returned to camp for a while and, and finding them. That's an excellent point. Because sometimes those people who are such awesome staff members are awesome because camp is not the only thing they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're totally cool people because they do all these other things like trek across Peru for a summer or, you know, do all of those kinds of things. So sometimes just that invitation to come back to camp will bring you somebody who has all this other experience that's not just summer camp and has never left your camp, um, but also, um, you know, if they know that they're coming back for that one summer, they're going to put everything they've got into it. So they can be a real resource too. Yeah. And I also asked my leadership team of, of that year uh, that just did their, you know, that summer, who do they think would be a good leadership team member next year or the year after that and why? And 
especially since they've already done the job, uh, you know, and you, you, as you said, Beth, these are people that you really, really trust and they're going to put their um, good judgment above friendship. And, you know, they might be really great friends with somebody, but they're not going to recommend them to be a leadership team member. Um, Or I've never had somebody recommend somebody that shouldn't have been a leadership team member because they understand what it takes. And I find that those are, sometimes I miss um, those staff members. Sometimes I'm like, Oh really? I didn't, I would have never thought, and uh, they've they've turned out to be great um, great members of our team. So it's your your idea is really important, but also asking the people that work with staff members and see who's stepped up, and I think is is uh, quite wonderful. I've had some really nice surprises um, in that, like very lovely. Cool. Uh, so that's actually a pretty good segue into our, our next question, which is what are the qualities that you look for? What is it that makes you see a younger leader and go, that's going to be a future leadership team member? Uh, Beth, do you want to start us off on that one? Sure. I mean, of course they have to be responsible, conscientious, caring. Um, all of those things are pretty obvious. Um, for me, the best ones have hearts the size of the room that I'm sitting in. Um, and they made campers and staff want to look up to them and want to be them. But the biggest uh, characteristic for me was integrity. They have to have mm-hmm. integrity. They have to be able to walk the walk. Um, I really needed them to be kind. Uh, that was really important. Have an attitude of servanthood and stewardship. So they put the needs of camp and its people ahead of their own. Um, I was really looking for people who were problem solvers, who could understand the values of camp and make really good decisions based on that. So for us, it was the four S's, um, you know, for other people, whatever pillars your camp stands on, um, that I knew these staff members would make those good decisions. But they, I also needed them to know when it was time to come and talk to me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. When they were at that point where, should I take my own initiative or ask the director, they knew when that was. Um, I also think it was important that they were really excited to learn and to develop new skills and to want to develop new skills and not get stuck in a rut and stay at camp for 10 years and never um, be excited to do anything new. Uh, They needed to be creative, for sure. Uh, We were a not-for-profit camp, so figuring out how to do things on a small budget was important, but also just adding that whole aspect of creativity to camp. Uh, They needed to have a full understanding of the reason we run summer camp Mm. and um, that they were at camp to fulfill camp's mission. And I think because it was leadership team and not program staff or or resource or senior staff or whatever you call it, but that um, echelon of uh, leadership team, they needed to have the ability to see the big picture, um, to know when it was time to stand back and see what was needed for the camp or what certain people needed at certain times. Um, People that get caught in all the little details and don't necessarily stand back and see the big picture um, make a great other staff members, but not necessarily leadership team. So that for me um, was really key. And then they absolutely needed to work well on a team. Um, and as Gab said, to understand that camp came first. So they were the people that understood if they needed to, uh, to tell me that somebody needed to be fired, that they needed to do that as opposed to it was their friend and, um, and they weren't going to say anything. So um, that for me was really important. So having those skills, um, or having those qualities, I mean, were really important because we could teach them skills, um, but I needed people to have those qualities before we got started. You can foster the skills, but you got to have that stuff to begin with. And I think a lot of the things that you said, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, how do I 
how do I find out if people have these, like a lot of what you just said, you could take and put on a job description or you can craft interview questions that, that are framed around so much of what Beth just said. So, you know, use that, use that language, um, use those things that, that we've identified to help you identify that in, in your future leaders. Um, how about you, Gab? What are some of what, how did, how did you know? Um, I think Beth's list was very detailed. Uh, um, I Sorry. think, no, this is great. Um, basically I'm looking for, I'm looking for people that there's no, there's no job that's beneath them, mm-hmm. you know, and, yeah. and it's the misconception that as you go up in an organization, then you don't have to do those little jobs. But mm-hmm. at, at camp, it's almost the complete reverse. It's like, mm-hmm. I am definitely plunging that toilet. Uh, I, you know, you're doing the stuff that other people, you want somebody that's going to do no jobs beneath them. And that's an, I think, great role, role modeling for our younger staff members and for our campers. Um, of course, you know, they believe in the mission, not only that they, they're following it, but they, they want it to, to grow. Yeah. So they believe in what we're doing. And that goes back to, you know, putting, it's not putting the job in front of other people, but it's understanding what, what Beth is saying is the big picture. So if somebody, let's just say, um, you know, breaks, you know, uh, one of those big rules that, you know, Beth, Beth says before, you know, let's make this perfectly clear. <laughs> if they break one of those, let's make this perfectly clear. They are going to come forward and say, listen, this is what happened. And, and if it's a friend, that's of course very, very difficult, but they understand the, the importance because, um, you know, camp isn't about all of these individuals. It's about, you know, we have a, an agreement and we're trying to uphold that agreement for the bigger picture. Um, also for me, what's really important is, uh, with the big picture and, and Beth had mentioned like, uh, detail or, you know, small things. Detail for me is very important in the sense that if a camper comes to you and says, I was cold last night, they're writing that down and they're making sure that that, that counselor is making sure that that camper has an extra hoodie on or a sweater and they will, they will take care of this, uh, issue. They won't let it go. They won't wait too long. Uh, it will almost, you know, sort of keep them up at night if they forgot. I like that. Um, it sometimes makes for a little bit more of a stressful leadership team member. Like they get a little stressed out, but as long as you're available to talk to them and they, they have to communicate with you. They sort of just have a need to communicate. I like that as well because then it lets me help them. So I agree with every, all the other things that uh, Beth had said, definitely. But those are a couple of things I'm looking for where they're really paying attention to those details, the campers, the staff members, you know, that kind of stuff. Cool. I, I have one to add that I did not realize is something that you need. But again, my program intern this summer uh, brought this to my attention when I was having a conversation with him about, you know, who do you see as a successor? And he said, the reality of it is whoever's in this role has got to have their stuff together mm-hmm. and it has to be somebody who, you know, their personal life is in a good place and they can deal with stress because they're going to take on everybody else's stuff. Everybody else is having a frustrating day. It's going to just get laid on that person. And if that person doesn't, isn't in a good place on their own, they're just going to crack. And I had never recognized that as something that would be a necessity, but I, I, it was like, oh my gosh, light bulb. Yes, you're totally right. 
Um, and, and that doesn't mean that, you know, you, you can't prevent when life happens, right. And life infiltrates our, our camp bubble. Um, but I think that that's something you can look for is somebody who, who really seems to have stuff figured out and to be solid or, and that doesn't necessarily mean they have a, a five-year plan and a 10-year plan and everything that way, but just that things are in order and that it doesn't feel like their life is in, in chaos or in flux. Um, because again, they, they have to be able to really just absorb the shock that's going to come, uh, from the rest of the staff. Um, so I think that's the biggest one that I learned this year, uh, that, that really struck me. I think the other thing is, again, you know, I, I worked on a leadership team at my last camp that was 20, 30 people. And I went through the process where that leadership team was expanded from eight to to 20 to 30. And there were positions that year that we were begging people to take. And so I saw in that summer, I saw people kind of be forced into roles or step up into roles that they weren't necessarily ready for. And, um, you know, how to make people succeed in those roles, it really gave me a, a clear view that you don't have to have the ideal candidate to have a great leader. Um, again, with the right amount of coaching and kind of really talking to them at those key moments and sitting them down and saying, hey, we've seen this. This is not the right direction. We need to steer in this direction. Um, I saw some people who just totally impressed me and surprised me. Uh, so again, if you're sitting here kind of going like, I don't, I didn't start crafting my leaders four years ago. Uh, I don't, I don't know, I, you know, I'm new at this camp and I don't know who those people are. And I, and I, I don't know that I have those people or everybody left because I'm new or if it's that sort of situation, again, with the right amount of training and the right management, I think you can craft leaders into amazing people and, and amazing leaders. Um, and, and there's so many great resources that are out there for that. And, so, so don't get bogged down in like, I don't have this great person that's just waiting to, to step into the role. Uh, because I, I've certainly seen people that, you know, were maybe even mediocre frontline staff that stepped up and became incredible unit leaders or, um, head counselors or even up into those, those higher up positions. Uh, because I think they had great people over them that, that were showing them and leading them the way and, and, and helping investing in their experience as younger leaders. Any other thoughts on that question? Um, I, yeah, I think uh, I think for me something that's important is um, the the want to have their own staff members succeed, and and that they whether they're in charge of three staff members, fifteen, fifty, that they want their staff members to succeed. And I think a common, as you're talking about um, Ruby, the, there's some you know, maybe sort of middle, middle range staff members that maybe don't shine too much, but do great as leadership team members. I think it's because a lot of the times the ones that shine are the ones that are sort of seeking the spotlight, um, are enjoying being in front of people and they're great with kids and they're great on stage. And, but that doesn't necessarily, you want somebody that's going to encourage your staff members to do that, to show them how to do that. And a, and a wonderful combination is somebody that's capable of doing that, but is it understands the value of stepping back and letting the other mm-hmm. other staff members stand up because it is the circle of life and, and that leadership team member is probably not going to be at camp for the next 15 years. That, you know, it's such a high turnaround that that 18-year-old is going to need to learn how to do that properly and having somebody that they admire show them how to do it is, is extremely important to the success of your camp. 
And then that being said, I think it's also understanding that leadership isn't self-sacrifice. And a lot of the time people, when they put themselves in leadership roles, roles like Beth and I and Ruby were just talking before the show, before we were recording about delegating. Um, and, and that Beth has really learned that there are certain skills that she doesn't necessarily have, but she's very good at picking out who has those skills and letting them do it. And I think that sometimes there's a sort a little bit of a self-sacrifice and it's almost like a badge of honor. Like I only got three hours of sleep last night and, <laughs> uh, and there's this right. sort of badge of honor stuff. And, and I, I work very hard to make sure that our, um, our staff members that that's not a bad <coughs> honor, but that's, you need to take care of yourself. That's not great role modeling for the staff. If the staff are like that, that's not great role modeling for our campers. What is that saying that, you know, you put you on, on the side and then now you're a hero because no, that's just actually, that's silly behavior. Um, you know, you're very valuable. You're important. We want you to sit down and eat. We want you to get enough sleep. Um, so sort of that self-sacrifice mentality, I, I, I really look out for that, that that's not happening. And if they are going to be on leadership team, um, I talk to them about it. And especially since we're all women, it's something that I hold very near to my heart. I don't want our women or young girls to be self-sacrificing and saying, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. There's a lot of issues that come out when you're late, older. If you do that, <laughs> you lock that stuff up and it's going to come out in an ugly way. So, yeah. you know, we used so to I think it, that's something else. Sorry. Yeah. Um, we used to call it being good self-managers, right? Mm. There yeah, you go. That was an important, important thing. And role modeling that, as you say, is really important. Yeah. So there's, staff. yeah. So people that they have, sometimes people have a mentality of what I should be acting like as a leadership team member. And I think the, we have to be aware when we're hiring staff that that they have a clear understanding of what's expected of them and um, you know what we want and it's not them being up on stage and running everything. It's also not them the only ones staying up till three in the morning and right. you know we want them to be uh, raising our next uh, you know leadership team members and how do you do that? Well, that's by giving them opportunities. Mm-hmm. We, we used to do. Even- a- <laughs> we used to do a, a great spectrum that um, at Nature's Classroom that our boss would talk about uh, every semester. So I heard it, you know, nine times. Um, he'd draw on the marker board, you know, one end is aggressive, one end is passive, and in the middle is assert. Uh, and so, you know, where are you on that, that spectrum currently? And we are always trying to get closer to asserting your needs. Like there are times when you have to maybe be a little more aggressive. There are times when you have to be a little more passive, but in the end, that end goal is when you have a need, you, you need to assert it and, and empowering your staff for that, uh, is really important. All right. So keeping all this in mind and and these qualities we're looking for, do either of you have, um, great questions that you ask or a way to, to, uh, ask a staff member if these are qualities that they have. For me, uh, it's not necessarily about the questions, but about how we ask the questions. Uh, because anybody can answer the questions that you, uh, in the way that you hope to hear them in an interview situation. So, um, for me, I needed to be able to see them in action. So we did whatever we could to make that happen. And our staff, even if they were returning for their eighth or ninth or 10th year, still had to participate Um, so we called it our chemistry test. So it was a way to put staff in situations together, um, in January and February, uh, prior to the summer. 
And we had hiring days where our staff were required to attend every year. We had one for uh, resource staff or senior staff and one for counselors. And if they lived more than a two-hour drive away, we would make other arrangements. Uh, but in Canada, we're pretty used to driving, so two hours wasn't really a lot. Um, so um, in a hiring day, we would put them through get-to-know-you activities, games, gearing up through the day to group initiatives, some of them really quite challenging. We'd eat lunch together. we sort of spend the whole day together. And I was always watching in every scenario, in every situation, to see who was exemplifying the qualities we were looking for, who was a team player, and who was just out to make sure they looked good that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't really see that in just an interview one-on-one. Um, and I realized that hiring day is, is hard for people who have international staff or staff from across the country. Um, but I think that it's imperative to have an opportunity to do that chemistry test. Uh, and that's not just a phone call with you or just with one other person. So putting them in social and group situations, use Skype. I mean, it's a great resource we didn't have when I started directing, and it's awesome. You can uh, get lots of people on a call um, because you need to not just test their chemistry as a person, but also as a team. So for me, that was really key. Uh, we had a three-part hiring process, which was a written application. It told you a lot about a person. Not everybody is a prolific writer, but it said something um about them if things were not spell-checked or didn't look professional Mm -hmm. or it was obvious that they didn't take time to think through their answers. Um, We had them do creative projects. So we had a question every year, uh, for example, how would you show the importance of camp community? And they could do that any way they wanted. So it could be a poem, an essay, write a song, do a photo video, um, do a piece of artwork, um, do a video, whatever they wanted to do, but they had to answer that question. Um, So putting all those sorts of things together really gave us um, more insight into them. And I think that if you think about it, you want to put more time on the hiring end because it's a lot harder to fire somebody. So if you take that time at the beginning, um, you probably won't end up in in the difficult position of having to let them go. So don't be hasty. Take your time. And if it needs to be several Skype calls... Um, with different people and different interactions, then do that. Um, or uh, if you can't do a whole day. Yeah, those right-hand people for me, uh, you know, they're going to go through my return staff interview, uh, but then they're going to go through at least one to two other interviews that specifically address the responsibilities of the job uh, because it's such a key player. And, and that is typically when I'm going to have them in with the other director that they're going to be working really closely with. Um, I want to make sure that we, we all feel good about that choice. But the question that's in my return staff interview that is always so great for everybody, but especially these positions, I ask the question, um, how is this summer going to be, la- be different from the last summer that you worked? Uh, and I feel like I get great insights from there. And a lot of times those folks that I'm looking for the, the higher up team, um, that question is where I, is, the, is my jumping off point. Um, so asking that question, how is this summer going to be different from the last one that you worked? Gab, did you have any specific questions or? Uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have a couple, um, uh, basically I asked them, uh, what do staff need to, uh, to be a great staff member? And then I asked them, uh, what do you need to tell them, show them and teach them? And um, it's just to get them in the sort of in the mindset that staff members need guidance and you need to know what you're looking for. That's number one. Uh, how, you, know, you can't lead somebody unless you know what you're, what you're looking for. So getting them to, to create that list of, you know, what does a great staff member look like to you and what do they need to 
become that staff member, you know, before, during, and, and after, uh, is very helpful to get them starting to get them into that mindset. And we've said often that uh, hiring is is part of training. You know, that it's, it's the start of of training. And for me, this is them training training as well as I'm seeing if they have that foresight that um, that their responsibility is is going to be, uh, you know, th- this is what's starting to look like is actually you think you understanding what it takes to be a good staff member. They can do it, but can they teach it? So, um, so that's sort of, that's what I'd like to add on to this, this glorious list. <laughs> cool. Excellent. Uh, so our last question today is, um, what is it that you say to your potential leaders to instill the importance of their role and the essence of their job? Uh, we're asking them to take on a pretty abstract role a lot of times. Uh, how, how do you get them to take ownership of that? Let's start with you, Beth. We talked a lot about legacy. What did they want to leave as their mark? Uh, we discussed legacies other staff members had left, those that they looked up to. And we used to do that from the time they were little tiny campers um, all the way up. We talked about legacy. So it was, and I'm really proud to say it still is a big focus uh, of leadership training. Uh, Just leaving your mark and how you want to do that um, and that you can leave your mark, uh, good or bad. Uh, So you want to be careful as to what you can do. Um, I think you just have to be really intentional with your campers uh, and with your staff. I mean, if, if your role is to be intentional in everything you do with your campers, then you have to be intentional with your staff. Uh, it should be a part of your lexicon. Give them the language that they need to use with staff and campers uh, by using it with them and talking about the legacy that they want to leave. Um, and I think, too, it's not just about what you have to say to them, but having the qualities that you are looking for uh, in them in yourself. So you too have to be trustworthy, kind, have integrity, be a problem solver, all those things, if that's what you expect uh, from your staff members. So it's not just about what you say, but um, how you do your job. Um, And for me, it was always about catching them doing it right, telling them what you saw, um, you know, specific is terrific. Thank you, Michael Brandwine. Um, uh, DLP or describing label praising, uh, praising it again, Michael. Um, was a far more effective way than telling them when they were doing it wrong. So when, when I caught them doing things um, that talked about the importance of their role or the essence of their job, then having those conversations, taking that minute out um, to let them know that very specifically was always really helpful. I think it, it would make a big impact if you could do it as soon as possible afterwards. But if not, if you did it because uh, you know a member of your leadership team came and told you they saw it or that sort of thing, but taking the time to go out and have that conversation and let them know, um, I think made a big, big difference. Cool. Gab, you? I think, I think, you know, I think basically Beth has sort of, for me, summed it up. Um, especially the, the sort of showing it, role modeling it and having the same expectations of yourself as you have of your leadership team. And I think that that also comes with the similar question that I have for leadership team members about staff is what do you expect from your leadership team? And, and you need to be able to convey that. And I really do think that, um, I think our, you know, what we talk about is, is important, valuable, but when it really comes down to your own camp, different camps have different needs and different expectations from their staff members and the type of staff members that, that the camp attracts 
attracts a similar group usually of difficulties and awesomeness. And, uh, and you, you sort of have to recognize what are your difficulties and what are your awesomenesses um, and how are you addressing both of them? How are you continuing one and how are you sort of addressing the other? But having yourself that clear understanding and conveying it to them and just getting them to tell you what's expected of them and seeing maybe where your gaps are is, is very, very helpful. But I think that the, the modeling the, you know, of the behavior um, is, is hard sometimes to do, but is really, really important because that's how they're sort of learning and absorbing. Cool. Yeah, I ask my staff every summer, I've said this on other podcasts, that uh, I ask them to write down what are your expectations for the administration to, to help you to a successful summer or to support you to a successful summer. And they write that information down on note cards. And those sit at my desk uh, all throughout the summer. And when I'm having a rough day, I go back through those. But those are also something that I share with those leadership team members and say, this is, this is the job that I need you to help me do. Um, and I also often, when talking to, to those folks, I, I explain to them, you know, I used to work in sound. I did a lot of, of the live sound for theatrical productions in high school and, and also in college. And nobody pays any attention to the sound person until something goes wrong. And that's very much a director's job at camp is, you know, if you're doing stuff well, it's people should be asking, what do you do all day? Uh, because they really, they may not see so much of what you do. Um, and, and you, you know, just kind of this magical fairy that always seems available to do anything that ever needs to be done. Right. Uh, and so, um, explaining that to the, to the staff and getting them to take ownership of you're sitting in the director's chair, you're sitting in the production assistant's chair. Uh, if you're doing your job flawlessly, which we never do, but that's what we strive for. Right. Uh, it would, it would be like, people would ask you, what is it that you do all day? Because, um, and there's a difference between that and like, you know, just sitting in the office and sucking up AC all day. But, um, but, but that's, that's what you're striving for. You do your job so well that it, that it looks easy. Um, and, and that you're just, things just get done. Uh, cause that's so much of what we need at camp. Any other thoughts on that one? No, that's great. I love the sound uh, (laughs) analogy. Let me tell you, when those microphones start, you know, crackling, like everybody's looking back at you. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) But when it's perfect sound, nobody nobody notices. (laughs) No, it's a very good uh, point. Cool. Well, I think it is now the time in the show for Gab to recap what all we've learned today. So much. Uh, we've learned so much. So um, starting with where do you get your leaders, hopefully from in-house and try to start, uh, you know, making the environment conducive for their learning, a long progressive learning. And if not, uh, try to get recommendations from colleagues, uh, look to your network and perhaps have a support system for them because it's, it's quite a daunting task. Uh, qualities. Well, we have definitely not a short list in this one. Um, <laughs> responsible, they have to have heart, integrity, kind, problem solvers. They ask for help, want to learn. Um, they want to raise the next leaders, big picture thinkers, but also attention to detail. <laughs> Team members uh, communicate uh, that their friends should be fired. Um, <laughs> they do the small jobs. They they follow the mission, uphold it. And um, of course, they, we don't want them to be self-sacrificers. We want them to be role models. So I'm sure we could continue adding on to that list, but that's sort of the general list for now. Um, some great questions. 
Um, try to do creative projects, which I we do at World because of Beth and Travis, and we love it. Um, chemistry tests. Uh, use Skype. It's amazing. Um, also, uh, tr- put some time into hiring because firing takes a lot longer. Uh, address the responsibilities of the job and uh, ask an amazing question. How is this summer going to be different than the last? Also, what do you think your staff members need from you to be great staff members? And just recapping what we just talked about, um, how to make your this abstract job be a little bit clearer, role model, um, you know, work with them while they're on the job and give specific feedback. Cool. Thanks, Gab. No problem. So we would love for you all to get involved uh, with the Camp Code podcast. You can join us on various social medias uh, using the hashtag Camp Code. And we'd love to hear from you about what topics you would like to discuss. Uh, any guests that you would recommend that we talk to. Uh, any great leadership training tips that you would like to share. Uh, because we love sharing in this industry. It's what it's all about. It's what makes camp so great. Uh, also, something that we would ask of our listeners, if you found this podcast to be useful or have heard some great tidbits, or even if you just want to uh, see us coming back, uh, please search for Camp Code on iTunes or on Stitcher and leave a rating and review for us. We really appreciate hearing your feedback, and it also just helps keep this show going. So uh, please seek that out. Again, find Camp Code uh, on iTunes, and you can leave a review or a rating there. Uh, so next up, we just want to share with each of you all how you can get in touch with us if you want any further information or have questions about some of the stuff that you've heard today. Uh, so Beth, start us off, please. Sure. You can find me on our website at camphacker.tv or you email me directly at beth at camphacker.tv or the hashtag camphacker. Cool. Yeah. Well, you can follow me uh, on Twitter at Gabrielle Rail. Check out where I work um, at world.com. And you can also check out some of my graphic stuff at raildesign.com. Awesome. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm at rubylin85. You can also see where I work and follow a lot of our blog posts. I'm responsible for writing at greenriverpreserve.org. And for our next podcast, Beth is going to be sharing with us what we will be discussing. I'm excited about this one. We're going to be talking. I'm excited about all of them. But I'm really excited about this one. Uh, best practices for leadership training at a girls' camp. Oh, and we do plan to continue on as in the series and hopefully in this season addressing um, leadership training at a boys' camp as well as in co-ed camps because there are some some specifics that can lead you to success uh, in those various environments. So we want to talk about those. Um, our final segment on each podcast is a best practice for leadership training, and we would love to hear some of your most memorable moments or most effective tips. You can tell us what those are using the hashtag camp code or reaching out to any one of us. Uh, today, I'm actually going to throw back to last episode that we recorded of our podcast because Gab said something that just totally resonated with me. And so I just want to further um, recommend that everybody do this. One of the recommendations that she made on our last podcast about kind of gearing up for the next year is to re-interview yourself. And um, this particular summer, when people ask me, how'd your summer go? I, I answer, you know, it's good. It was a learning summer, which every camp director knows like, Ooh, what happened? <laughs> and, uh, what I, what I can say is that my staff was phenomenal and program wise, things went really well. Um, 
but there were just some personal things that, that challenged me this summer and really made me question, like, is this, is this the right path for me? And, uh, and to know that that happens, it absolutely happens. And to take the time to really refocus yourself is, is critical. And I got to the end of this summer, pretty worn out and pretty tired. And again, like really questioning if camp was where I wanted to devote so many hours and all the blood, sweat and tears that it takes. Um, and, and I was lucky enough to be able to go up and visit Beth and Travis in Canada and had an amazing trip there and came back just like, just rejuvenated and revitalized and ready to go, uh, but still hadn't totally hit my stride yet. Um, and so when Gab said that in our last, in our last podcast, you know, re-interview yourself, I immediately, uh, emailed Sarah and was like, when we're on our road trip next week, you're interviewing me <laughs> and we're, we're going to do this. Cause I, I think I've lost sight of some of that focus on why I'm here. And it was great in the car. Um, you know, we had a nice five hour long drive and, I got to, to really just kind of think about it. And she was able to push me on some of my answers. And what it boils down to is I'm in this industry for youth development, for this podcast that we talked about today, uh, so that I can model to our new leaders what it takes to be a good leader, how to be a good manager, how to go out in the world and grow leaders. Um, what if every manager in the world was striving for that? what a great place it would be. And I've had some incredible mentors along the way who taught me how to be a camp director and how to be a staff manager and, and how to grow leaders. And so I think that that's where my strength is and that's what I get to give back. So it was like, oh, there it is. There's my mission. And um, just being able to jump into this year with that very clear was so, so critical. And it helps when you're making the phone calls that are hard and dealing with the, the challenging conversations. Uh, when you have that clear vision, it, it just makes it so much easier. So re-interview yourself. I can't say it enough. So thanks so much for listening today. And please join us on the hashtag camp code. Please remember, no other industry shares its best practices the way summer camps do. If you use an idea heard on a Camp Hacker podcast, please be professional and give credit where credit is due. The Camp Code is brought to you by Beth and Travis Allison, summer camp leadership training and marketing consultants. Thanks for the listening, friends. Camp Hacker. Bringing your world into focus.